You're listening to The Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore. We're joined by Dave Northrup, who's editor of Hugh Donlan's The Mohawk Valley, written during the 1930s when Hugh Donlan was a reporter and columnist for the Amsterdam Evening Recorder. The Mohawk Valley is Donlan's history of his native region from the end of the last ice age to 1940. And Dave, you wanted to read a part of it. Yes, um, I had mentioned earlier about uh, Donlan's love of the valley. He sees it physically as a beautiful place, and there's a wonderful short paragraph here at the end of one of his early chapters when he's talking about uh, the glaciers that form the valley. And let me just read, and I see you can get the the gist of what he's saying uh, in terms of uh, his love of the beauty of the valley. And uh, he's really a wonderful stylist in terms of a writer. And by the way, you know, I am not a historian, so that I approach this book uh, from the point of view of a writer. And I think that, that, uh, again, Donlin is probably uh, arguably one of the best stylists, pro stylists, uh, that the Valley has produced. At any rate, here's Hugh Donlin writing about the beauty of the Mohawk Valley. The glacier left a wonderful setting for the action that was to follow, a valley whose beauty is not surpassed anywhere. Its forests and streams, the hills and dales, and its fertile flats along the river make a great symphony of nature to accompany the unfolding scenes of life. It is a sublime picture of the handiwork of an omnipotent creator whose lavishly bestowed gifts meet the eye at every turn, from the headwaters above Rome to the majestic falls at Cahos, where the Mohawk empties into the Hudson. Mm. And he goes on to say, such is the setting now for the cast of characters in order of their appearance, and his history is organized chronologically, and he tells the story of the Mohawk Valley in terms of the exploits and the history of individual people. One of those, to, to just repeat uh, this emphasis on the beauty of the valley, one of those actors is an early Dutchman named Van Curler, who was instrumental in uh, settling Schenectady. And, and by the way, Schenectady really for Hugh Dowling is the eastern end of the valley. Uh, at any rate, he writes about Van Curler, and he gives us in an uh, early chapter Van Curler's words about the beauty of the place that in the future will become the city of Schenectady and the eastern end of the Mohawk Valley. Uh, let me just read again uh, something here that uh, Van Curler's words as Downman reproduces them. The attention of Van Curler had been attracted by the beauty of the country through which he passed. As he expressed it, he, Van Curler, expressed it in a letter written at the time, a half-day's journey from the colony on the Mohawk River, there lies the most beautiful land that the eye of man ever beheld. Mm. So certainly, you know, one of the uh, assets, I think, one of the reasons why this book is important is it demonstrates uh, not only Hugh Dowland's uh, appreciation of the beauty of the valley, but it's uh, a statement that he wants to educate people about uh, in terms of the history of the valley. Mm. And I would say the one of the other major points uh, that Donlan makes, uh, and he refers to this at the, the very end of the book, is that he 
uh, takes pains to explain why uh, the Mohawk Valley is important to the nation. And one of the reasons it's important, it's, it's a natural break in the eastern mountains, and therefore the move westward, in large part, went through the Mohawk Valley. People, It was the, the gateway to the west, if you will. Yes, that's correct. And it's also, uh, he also talks a lot about, uh, particularly towards the end of the book, uh, but also in the sections on uh, the Valley's role in the American Revolution, he talks about the uh, history of the Valley in terms of what happened to successive generations, particularly during the colonial and revolutionary times, what happened to successive generations of uh, of people living in the valley, and he sees their lives really as a connection between the the new and the old world. Uh, I've got a, another example, another quotation here. Uh, the people of the valley and their lives were important for Donlin. He says Native Americans, French, Dutch, English, patriots, Tories, later generations of the 19th and 20th centuries uh, had lives that repeatedly demonstrate the connections between the old world and the new. And their lives for Darwin are examples of uh, the spirit of independence that he felt was characteristically American. So not only is the land a beautiful place, but the exploits of the people and the people's attitudes in the valley are symptomatic of uh, American attitudes. They're examples of American attitudes. Uh, you know, a sense of independence. He saw the valley as the gateway, the physical gateway, as you indicated earlier, for the development of the rest of the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was that that water passage that allowed uh, early settlers to go around the Appalachian Mountains. Now, you made a point some time back, which uh, was well taken, that you, know, you approach this as a writer, uh, that uh, not a historian. And I write you know, local history, but uh, you know, I'm not like a, what would you call it, bona fide historian necessarily. But uh, I, in fact, this is my opinion, and you know, demur from it if you, if you wish. I've read the book. I enjoyed the book. But uh, as with other um, books that, uh, well, actually, he does have an index in his Annals of a Milltown. There, there's an index in the in the book, but there are not citations. You know, he's not uh, referring you back to his uh, you know sources uh, for it. So there, there may be uh, things that are wrong in it. Is there things wrong in every history book? I mean, factually wrong. In fact, he addresses that in the foreword. He says, uh, yeah, "Sure, that's good. There's going to be things that are wrong." And also, just one other point to bounce off you. I mean, the one I think we should keep that in mind. And also keep in mind, he's writing this in 1940. He doesn't have the political correctness of of the modern time. I would say he generally refers uh, in a positive way to Native Americans, but maybe it, it did seem to me just a, a bit patronizing some of the things he, he said about them. Uh, I think that's undeniable, sure. You know, he is a man of his time, and that's why I was so intrigued with the book and why I did not uh, try to correct or put any footnotes into the book uh, with my opinions about, you know, the, his choice of language. Sure, he calls the American Indians redskins. Uh, 
but again, you have to understand the time in which he is he is writing, and he's also I I think we need to bear this in mind. He I think wrote the book not only because he was interested in the valley, but because he was also apparently reacting to uh, apparently some contemporary for him historical accounts of in particular the uh, the Tory sympathies, the Tory sympathizers uh, who lived in the valley, he felt that uh, during his time, uh, the British sympathizers, the view of the British sympathizers, was undergoing a, re- a revision that he felt was unfair. Mm-hmm. And he addresses this in uh, the foreword. Uh, he, he talks about the fact that uh, the, the, the massacres that took place, for example, at Cherry Valley, in, in other places in the valley, were being downplayed. Uh, he talks about the Tory butlers, uh, who were uh, natives of what would become Fonda, uh, and who did lead some, uh, so apparently some massacres uh, of uh, the residents who were patriots in the valley. And he wants to correct that. He, he wants the record to show that the individuals who sympathized with the British, many of them, not all of them, but many of the, the British sympathizers did commit atrocities, and uh, he wanted the record set mm-hmm. straight. So he's a fellow of his times. He's reacting to current issues in his times, but he sees this historical revision, and he wants to set the record straight. Mm-hmm. And he does make reference uh, to uh, atrocities, if you will, or attacks anyway, on the other side. Uh, it, and that's current in uh, certain new books that I've seen about the American Revolution. So I'm referring specifically to raids authorized by George Washington, I think by a General Sullivan, General Clinton, in which uh, Native American villages were were raided uh, in uh, in the Mohawk Valley or near the Mohawk Valley. And to some extent, the raids the next year were retaliation for that, raids on the part of the Indians and their uh, British allies. Yes, you know, and he does make the point after his discussion of what happened in the Mohawk Valley during the Revolution that the one group to lose tremendously as a result of all the fighting and bloodshed that took place was the Native American uh, because they, you know, they did support the British, but after the Revolution was won by the Americans, you know, uh, the Indians were forgotten by the British. Mm-hmm. And so they were the group, you know, decimated certainly by disease, but also by the atrocities of war. And uh, uh, Dallin doesn't shy away from that in, in discussing the issue. So I, I think that when all is said and done, he does try to give as best he can, because again, he is a man of his time, uh, a balanced view of a uh, balanced account of, uh, of the events in the Valley during the Revolution. We're talking about Hugh Donlan's history book, The Mohawk Valley. It was completed in 1940. It has just been uh, published. Uh, the editor, uh, Dave Northrup, the editor of the just-published work, is uh, with us on the phone. He's a writer, native of Amsterdam, and now lives in the Rochester area. A, a little self-serving, but maybe an explanation of how this came to be. From writing my history column for the Daily Gazette, Focus on History, I started to get emails some years ago 
from uh, Hugh Donlan's son, or one of his uh, four sons, John Donlan, uh, a retired uh, naval submarine, uh, nuclear submarine uh, commander, uh, about uh, any number of things. You know, he would uh, spin off uh, more stories, uh, gave me a lot of valuable leads, but eventually started uh, sent me an email uh, talking about this book that his dad wrote, and then you entered the, the picture because uh, it was really your idea to uh, bring it to uh, the modern reader. Yes, it was, you know, and after I finished uh, the first reading of the book, I got to his last chapter of the, of the Mohawk Valley entitled Mementos of the Past, and Dallin spends quite a bit of time reviewing the places and the buildings uh, that still exist in the valley um, that have to do with its history, and he does make the statement that uh, the State Education Department uh, has the has placed the most markers of historical uh, sites anywhere in the, anywhere in uh, New York State. Uh, the, the most greatest number of historical markers are in the Mohawk Valley. And so when he went, when he writes uh, that last chapter, Mementos of the Past, I think he's giving an argument for the memory of these places and the physical places themselves need to be preserved. And if they can't, you know, for example, Queen Anne's Chapel in Fort Hunter, when uh, Downland wrote his history, it no longer existed. Well, if the physical place doesn't exist, uh, the memory of it has to be preserved. It has to be preserved in print. Uh, and I think that's one of the most important reasons why he wrote the book. And I think his son, uh, John, you know, shares that uh, that desire to keep the past as much of it as uh, can be preserved, to keep it preserved, to keep it alive. Mm. And we've uh, talked about the emphasis on the colonial era and the American Revolution, which certainly is, is the case, but the book does go on uh, chronologically. And in fact, Donlan complains that libraries and historical societies are failing to preserve the history of the region after the revolution. One of his quotes on that was, priceless papers have been left in long forgotten attic trunks and other out of the way uh, places. He said it was hard to find information about um, the more modern times. Yes, and I think that also reflects uh, his other purpose in writing the book. Not only did he want to produce a work that was accessible to the common reader, he also had the hope, and he tells us this, as you know, in, uh, in his foreword, that if he can bring to attention some uh, story about an individual uh, or about a particular event. For example, he bemoans the fact that there are so little information on the role of the Mohawk Valley in the War of 1812. If he can bring to attention, to the reader's attention, uh, individuals and events that uh, would cause a reader to go out and do some research on his own, maybe find some or preserve if they had a, some primary sources uh, about events or individuals, then that's all to the good. That's another purpose for Donlan, because he doesn't see this book as something that's going to be over and done with when the last word is written. He hopes it will peak, let people's interest, peak, peak uh, people's interest in uh, continuing to do research, and also to preserve what might well be out there, but few people know about it and has to be almost rediscovered to be preserved. So that's another one of his purposes. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Northrup with us, editor of Hugh Donlan's The Mohawk Valley. Uh, tell us about uh, the availability of the books and uh, the link that uh, you've made, having supervised the publication, uh, the link you've made with the Walter Elwood Museum in Amsterdam. Well, the books are going to be for sale at the Walter Elwood Museum. Uh, they can also be purchased at the Bookhound. And uh, all the proceeds from the sales of this history book will be donated to the Walter Elwood Museum, uh, you know, to help preserve uh, the history, just not of Amsterdam, but of the past. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm not taking any money for this. Uh, it's something that I feel is necessary and very important uh, in preserving the history of the area. And if people are interested, uh, the Elwood Museum is at 100 Church Street in Amsterdam, and the Bookhound, uh, the bookstore that offers the Mohawk Valley for sale, is at 16 East uh, Main Street in Amsterdam. Uh, tell us a, a bit about the uh, book's design. Well, it's an 8.5 by 11. It's a uh, soft cover. It's a large format, again, to reflect... Uh, the manuscript, Donlan uh, left us a typewritten manuscript, and I wanted to preserve it uh, as he left it. I have no idea of how it would have appeared if it had been published during his lifetime. Uh, it, the book contains not just the text, it contains the entire text of the history, but it also contains uh, the, the biography of, of Donlan, which you've worked on, it also contains a section of photographs uh, of uh, Hugh Donlan and uh, places associated with him during his lifetime. We have uh, a picture, an early picture of the uh, sanatorium, at, uh, which would become a little bit later the Mount Loretto uh, home on Sword Hill Road. We have a picture of Hugh Donlan in uh, the book as Page of the Amsterdam Common Council. He was uh, paged in the Amsterdam Common Council in 1913, a year before he graduated from high school. We have pictures of his grave and uh, his grave site and the grave site of uh, his wives. We have pictures of uh, St. Mary's uh, Church and St. Mary's School uh, from which he graduated. So, and we also have a, a picture which I think we're very fortunate to get, uh, actually two pictures, one, is a photograph of the home he lived in uh, while he was writing uh, the Mohawk Valley. And the other picture we have is uh, a photograph of a page of Reed's uh, history of the area uh, with Donlin's uh, marginal annotations in it. So you mm. can see the you can, you can see evidence of his study of his homework and research in uh, in working on the book, and that that to me is uh, really lends authenticity. By the way, the the book did not belong to Hugh Donald. I mean, he didn't purchase it. His father purchased it. So you can you can tell that in the Donald family, and here's a family who's very interested in the history of their area, and you know took part in uh, the public mm -hmm. life of their area wanted to document it, 
and preserve it right. for posterity. Dave Northrup, we're just out of time. I want to thank you for uh, preserving uh, this part of uh, American history. Hugh Donlan's The Mohawk Valley, now available for the first time uh, in book form. Uh, Dave Northrup uh, joins us from Rochester. Uh, he is a writer in his own right, author of the book The Memory of Broken Things. Thank you, Dave. You have a good day. Thank you, Bob.